Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of the shit version of Deja Vu, where you think that you've done something before, but the opposite of that is that you think you did something, but you actually haven't done something. And so you have that lingering feeling of, I should be somewhere, I should be doing something right now, or I should have packed something that I didn't pack. And it follows you for the rest of your holiday. It stays with you on that long, arduous trip across the seas, only to realise when you get to your beautiful holiday home in Poland, where you've decided to go on holiday, uh, that your partner's not with you. Well, that's going to keep me up at night. <laughs> that's going to keep me up at night. I was going to say that uh, I, I had a very relatable feeling, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners would probably sympathise with, with, was I thought I had hit five stars and written a review on a podcast, but I actually hadn't. And oh god! Thought, and then I thought I'd better do that because the po- <laughs> nice. because the podcasters in question asked me to do it at the end of the last episode, and I thought to myself I was going to do it, but then I didn't do it because oh, you know, I just didn't do it. Fuck. And I don't know if anyone can relate to that. I know none of our listeners can. <laughs> I know none of our listeners uh, can. <laughs> now, Alex, you're currently in Poland, aren't you? Right now, I, I am currently in Poland. Uh, Are you enjoying it there? It's, having a nice time? It's wonderfully Polish bit of a relaxation that's awesome that's awesome every week we uh tell another story where there's a moral dilemma and uh and I'm joking, we talk about some of the most uh amazing music that features in some of the most inspirational music uh, movies from across the generations but very specifically these past two uh episodes we have focused on two very specific movies and that is kill bill volume one and Kill Bill Volume 2. Absolutely. We will and delete in... any message in our inbox that says the listeners have been shortchanged. Not going to accept it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Could you imagine if someone's like, no, boo, boo, <laughs> this free service, boo. <laughs> boo, you give, us, you give us two movies a week, <laughs> and now you've given us two movies in two weeks and it's only and it's kind of the same movie i am incensed with rage in fact you know what i agree with you because i actually one of the one of the songs i'm going to bring to in this episode is actually a song from the previous film i just i forgot to talk about it i'll be honest i forgot to talk about it so oh, brilliant this is which one's worst. that let's go this is the worst we'll start with that one then oh god i can't even fucking find it it was uh jesus i need to get it back up again Talk amongst yourselves. No, of course, it was the uh, the Green Hornet by Al Hurt. All right, and yeah. it's that kind of flight of the bumblebee esque style trumpet that plays in the uh, when you say the kind of when you say montage. flight of the bumblebee esque, do you mean quite literally flight of the bumblebee? It is. It's quite. Is it the same guy? You know, isn't it? Well, you know, it's literally the same music. It's just played on a trumpet. Like it's the same. No, piece. there's a different. No, because the. No, it's 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 not because there's a different melody. No, the melody's the same. Yeah, but that's not what that's not what the Green Hornet is. The Green Hornet is. Yeah, but with flight of the bumblebee underneath it. It's not flight of the bumblebee esque. What's underneath it is literally Rimsky Korsakov's flight of the bumblebee. Is it actually? Yes, it is. Why do you? Why did they choose? That overflight of the bumblebee. Oh, because it sounds better on a trumpet, mate. 
don't know. I, I think it, it fits the aesthetic and the sound world that the movie's gone gone for previously. I think I think having a violin go full flight of the bumblebee would have been a bit weird. Yeah, I think that that's probably quite fair, actually. Yeah. Goodness, the first thing we've agreed upon. Oh bloody hell! Now you watched this film most recently out of you and I. Yeah, I watched. I watched this last night. It's great. There's a there's a chance that I think that that this is a better movie than Kill Bill Volume One. I think it's got more drama in it. There there is a case to be made for Kill Bill One being a sequence of great action set pieces. There is a case to be made for that. I'm not saying that I agree with that, but I think there's a case to be made, and I think you couldn't say the same about Kill Bill Volume 2. The the thing with Kill Bill Volume 2 as well is that you're right. I I think all of the gritty sequences... I mean, obviously, the the whole uh, Crazy 88 sequence is very gritty and real, but the whole piece of the buried alive... Yeah, and the oh god, that horrendous fi- the 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 this the viper or what what is it the black cobra mamba the, the black right black mamba. Of I don't know I'm if sorry. this is, I don't know if this has come up in the podcast before, but you know this very well. I fucking hate snakes. Yeah, I you're not a fan of them, are you? Snakes, like I'm like the reason I know that I am not scared of anything else in the world is because of how terrified of snakes I am. Mm. That that's how I know I could do a lot of things. But you only do it because it's cool, and Indiana Jones doesn't like snakes, so you don't like snakes because that's what cool people don't like. I mean, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, anything <laughs> anything Harrison Ford says or believes in or any of his characters does, then you know I'm all for. Junior. 100%. No, I'm <laughs> sorry. Snakes are evil. I'm sorry. They're they're. They are. They just are. Did I ever tell you the story about? Obviously, we were in Australia for a bit, and the the house we were on was built on a slope, and the downstairs was at the back of the house and the bottom of the slope. So you went in on the second floor and went down to the first, that went down to the basement as the sort of main area. Yeah, if that makes sense. And we went out the back, which was at the bottom of the slope, one day, and just as I was about to open the door, one of the kids that we were looking after and preparing for went, "Oh, probably don't do that. Probably don't do that." chill as you like and i went oh why why what and he went oh just there see it and i went what almost six feet outside the door there was a pile of leaves with about a probably seven foot python nah that's me gone nah (laughs) gone and they went they went they i forgot what they called it but they went yeah 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 that that snake is uh yeah it's like it lives around here we see it all the time like it it like piper it's it's outside piper's bedroom quite a lot um you know at night and i'm piper's nine you know it's it's like it sometimes you know sits on the roof out there because it likes the sort of the tin that it can sit on a snake on a hot tin roof uh, sort of vibe but or the, it's this... trying to find its way in in to get him to what, get him what what is wrong with these kids so, so so i tell you what right even this will this will creep you out even more about this snake story oh, sorry we're not working for a snake podcast so it's late at bed there... it, it, it's late it's late at night guys you're i'm gonna, gonna dream about this you're gonna love this oh. one mate 
So we realized, so we were sleeping in the, uh, there was a kind of flat next door next to the house that we sort of stayed in. And it had a rafter ceiling, like an attic. But unfortunately, the whole property had quite a lot of rats and had a rat problem at one point. And we could hear the rats scurrying around Ugh. up there, you know, when we slept. But do you know what was even more... Ugh, oh, please tell me that, it's not the python going around eating the rats. Oh, yes. Oh, God, we damn. could hear the thumpings of this massive body against the roof of our ceiling in the middle of the night as we were sleeping. That I is horrifying. That is I could genuinely terrifying. But, but, but we didn't... I didn't know that that's what it was until a good couple of months into staying there. I was like, I wonder what that thumping... I thought the thumping was the rat, but it wasn't. It was the snake. So and it's, by the it's time Australia's out, version of cat and mouse. It exactly was. The rat... The snake wanted nothing to do with me. It wanted nothing to do with me and Maddie. It, it didn't care that you know. about us. Well, no, but this is the, but this is the point I was trying to make was that I didn't know it was a snake until a month after I'd been hearing these noises, and so therefore I was like, well, if I didn't know, I wouldn't have done anything about it, so I've nothing to worry about. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'd have been gone. Would you actually? Not a chance. I would stay there for no amount of money. I mean, it was it was thick and huge when I saw it. No, nah, no. Nah, anyway, so. But that sequence, obviously, in Kill Bill... Sorry, just to get back to Kill Bill Point 2 to tell you the story. The bit that always gave me the heebie-jeebies about this sequence wasn't the snake. And it actually, to an extent, isn't the buried alive sequence, which we can talk oh, about that in is bit. undeniably unsettling. Oh, do you want to go to that bit first, then? I mean, can do. Yeah. What about that? So what's that called? That mo- I mean, that movement where she has the fingers touching against his punch and the fingers touching then the punch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I mean, I don't know what the technique is called. I'm no kung fu master. Isn't that, isn't that like Barely a Barely an amateur. <laughs> it's, exactly. exactly. <laughs> nah, you're, you sell yourself short, mate. Oh, you're thanks. pretty bloody good. I've, put, pretty I've good. put my fist through a feather a fair few times. <laughs> sheet, a sheet of paper now and then. <laughs> but you, um, yeah, you sell yourself short, mate, because you, you know... I've I've seen you I've seen you kick a kick a fair few like beer cans out through the air and all this sort of stuff when you're like leather on your back you know yeah, you, yeah. you know what you're yeah, doing you, 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 you you've doing. seen you've seen me kick a music stand over as well once oh fuck me that was without doubt one of the funniest pra- like physical comedy things I've ever right so we'll you've got you've got day. ten seconds to tell the listeners no, what no happened. we'll do it another time it doesn't need ten seconds right. I'm sure we'll get to the story another okay, time fair. <laughs> but but the the Buried Alive sequence, the montage, do you want to talk a little bit about the music for this sequence as well? The music of when she's the, a- of actually the, in the... In the coffin and the insp- inspirational Ennio Morricone track that plays as it's leading up to her being freed from that coffin under the ground. Oh, no, which, which, movie, which movie is this one from? Is it one of the dollars? It's Larina from Mersanio or Il Mersanio. All right. Do you, do you remember this sequence? The se- so yeah, it is a Mer- it's Ennio Morricone uh, from the film The Mercenary, or as it's called, Il Merciano, mm-hmm. and it's the reprise, and it's that amazing piece of music, that beautiful Western score, that absolutely like the revival almost. Yeah, because we're very the- much in Western country here. Oh yeah, well that's it, movie, isn't it? Right? Because that's what. In fact, that's a great observation because this is the kind of shift from that samurai side to the western side, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this yeah. is the this is the more 
because obviously we do have the the whole training montage, yeah. of course. Um, but, it's very old but, school, and uh, you know what Bill said. Bill's all about the old school, is what he says the, at the he, end of the movie. He does, he, yeah, he does love it there. But I, I think that and the other amazing track is El Tramonto, which is another Ennio Morricone scene, which is just amazing, and it's used so effectively. And at, at, at points throughout this movie, you do think. God, like th- this is as good as in terms of the the musical world that it, it sculptures. This is as good as some of the best spaghetti westerns that we get. Yeah, because you you totally believe the journey that she's been on, and she literally gets put to the lowest of the low. Yeah, absolutely. But actually, the moment that Bud shoots her full of rock salt. Which is, oh, by the way, such a painful th- thing to watch, actually. Mm, like, it's incredible. Mm. There is another Morricone piece of music playing in that scene, which isn't on Ooh, the it's soundtrack. It's not the silhouette of Doom, is it? No, it's not that one. It's not on the soundtrack. Oh, it's, interesting. It's not on the soundtrack, and it's from... I can't remember what it's called, but it's from Fistful of Dollars. Interesting. The first Interesting. of the Man With No Name uh, Spaghetti Western trilogy from Sergio Is it the din, 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 No, no, no. Din. It's the one with the big trumpet solo. Oh, I know it. No, that's ecstasy of gold, isn't it? I literally, oh, ju- I, I literally one. just sang it to you. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but I'm trying to think of the name. It is because it does have a name. Because obviously, ecstasy of gold is is the film not from the film ecstasy and gold, but I think this track is the the name of the track. Oh, I think it's for a few dollars more. Yeah, I think it is for a few dollars more. Yeah, but weirdly, this track is not on the soundtrack and i was a bit upset when i found that out actually because it's one of my favorite morricone bangers and Mm. it plays at such a crescendo in the movie as well when like bud gets just suddenly gets a one-up on her and he goes on and he goes on on this monologue and then he and then he spits that horrific oh yeah chewed tobacco spit at her and it lands uh-huh. on her face. It's horrible. Oh, out of, in, out of interest, right? This is just again to move away from this with chewed tobacco. You were in you were in America for a little bit. <laughs> yes, therefore I was chewing tobacco every day. Well, no, as in like what? And obviously, I like I lived in America for a little bit, and that whole culture of chewing tobacco. Yeah. Just threw me off completely. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, having I've a never, dip. I've never tried it, so I don't. No, really I, I never. T- I I don't even think I tried. But did that throw you off? Did was there a lot of people chewing tobacco where you were? No, in, I don't think. Lansing? I don't think I ever saw anyone actually do it. You didn't. No, you didn't. Oh goodness! Wow, that's. Oh, did that's you see really, people do it? Oh my god! Yeah. Really? Oh. We've never. Yeah, we've never talked about. It. I mean, almost. I would say thirty percent of the people that I worked with, they just chewed tobacco. You're kidding. No, it's deadly serious. Deadly serious. What, in, in New Hampshire. Yeah, in New Hampshire. Oh, that it was a, a lot of people did it. And I mean, 
That shit is illegal in the UK because it gives you mouth cancer. I mean, it literally is a carcinogenic. Right. It is so horrendous for you. And yet, even some of the British kids going over there were like, nah, fair enough. I'll give it a shot. And I, I think I just said there, I did try it, but I did not try it. Like, it, it, I was like, yeah, why no would you desire, even want no to? no desire to try that. It looked fucking rancid. And to your point, every time they spat, it looked like the way that Bud spat on the bride there. And it just was like, every time I watch that scene, I'm like, oh, because the sound that it hits sounds, you know, that sound when it hits or that, spl- that wet splat. Oh, God, yeah. Ugh. I mean, I Absolute wonder, rain. I mean, I think I'll... I think that sound effect might have been uh, exaggerated or enhanced one because oh no, of course, because a big course, yeah. a big point of these movies, which we haven't really talked about, is apart from the music, is the sound effects that go in. You know, the the swishes of the swords and the now they have the, feature the on the soundtrack. I know, and that's why they're you know that there's such a big feature, and I absolutely love that there's that much detail and even things like. At the beginning of the Paime training sequence, when she first meets Paime, she swishes her hair, her ponytail, and the ponytail goes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and you're like, okay, never seen a ponytail do that before. Just every every sound that has an effect that should have been picked up by a microphone, it seems that they did they did something with. And they changed mm. it in some way to just make it completely hyperbolic and unreal. It, 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 but it's like it's almost over the top kind of. Wait, sense. No, it's not almost over the top. It definitely is over the top. No, but like in some cases, you don't really notice it almost. I, I, I think because it, the movie is so stylized, it suits it. It does, like, yeah. It, it suits it. it. That's what in. I mean by, that's what I mean. Like, it doesn't feel like it's over the top. That's why I use the phrase, like, almost, because it's like... It should be, but it's not. It sh- that's the point I'm trying to... Exactly, exactly. It should be, but it's not. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think, I don't think for a second that... He in t- in fact, there's a good question. Do you think all those specific stylistic choices, right? Here's here's a question that I've often thought. Do you think that Quentin Tarantino, when he wrote this film, specifically Volume Two, okay, specific yeah. Volume Two, do you think he intended to put in a lot of these specific sound-related stylistic choices when he wrote the screenplay? So, do you think they are screen directions, or do you think they were added? As the production started to gain, you know, nah, effect, he had a vision. Nah, he had a vision for it. If you, you know, you, you look at the the literary inspiration of his movies, and particularly Kill Bill. So one, the spaghetti westerns, and then going further back from that, because the spaghetti westerns were themselves inspired. You know, if you look at the Magnificent Seven, that's based on Seven Samurai. You know, yes, the, yes, the spaghetti yes. western genre was itself inspired by Japanese cinema as well. Why didn't you lead with that? That sounds that's a great point to make. <laughs> I, I thought animal. it was obvious. I thought it was obvious. <laughs> but the point is, in those movies, because obviously at the time they couldn't really capture proper sound and have it be really dramatic, they would, you know, record fake sounds that they wanted to represent certain things. So 
what Tarantino's doing here in Kill Bill is taking that idea and bringing it into a time where he doesn't need to do that and using it mm. as an artistic choice in his movie. Mm. And that's why so it's brilliant. So you say that all Western movies take inspiration from samurai films. I think a lot of them do. What about Blazing Saddles? <laughs> what about Blazing Saddles? <laughs> no, that one's that 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 one's that was really really unique because there's never been a black sheriff. Oh god! <laughs> uh, so. So the, the bits that I wanted to talk about uh, as well are the other Ennio Morricone track, which we, I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, which is, appears at the start of the movie, yeah. of, of volume two, that is. Um, and the few words from The Bride. So obviously the few words from The Bride from Uma Thurman yeah. and the track being A Silhouette of Doom yeah. by Ennio Morricone. Ding, 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 ding. Amazing, amazing it's great. intro. It's great. It's a great intro. And I think it's a stroke of genius, actually, having a voiceover recap right at the start of the movie. Yeah. And she's staring straight into the camera. And she's just basically, right, this is what happens. This is how it's this is how it's gonna go down. Yada 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 yada. I am gonna kill Bill. <laughs> and and, oh, she, sa- so and good, she says yeah. the name of the movie, and you're just like, right, this is corny as hell. But I love it. I'm I'm all here for it. And, and the music, again, that 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 is you know, it's dark and grimy, isn't mm, it? Mm, and it get, yeah. and it just gets thicker and thicker and thicker. And then it's like they turn the volume up louder and louder and louder. Yes. just to build the hype as quickly as possible and get you back to that level where you left part one. Do you think that there's a Venn diagram of Ennio Morricone tracks that covers two circles and you can kind of lay... If there's two extremes, you've got grime and dirty and then you've got majestic, operatic, angelic and you've got a sliding scale. I reckon you and I, if we maybe picked 20 or so Ennio Morricone tracks and listened to them, we could accurately place them on that list of where we think they are because there's such a clear, like there's such a clear range that they go from those two extremes, don't they? Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. It, it, he, does it's, them it's bo- really good. he does them both so well. Yeah. He does them both so, so well. Um. The other grimy bit and gritty bit that I was going to talk about a little bit was that horrendous sequence that you know we talked about the 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 adder the, sorry the, the black mamba and the uh, and the, the the funeral coffin scene but I just want to touch on the demise of the second eye of Ellie Driver Ah, oh. oh, that bit turns my fucking stomach yeah I can imagine I can't watch that for some it just turns my stomach watching that sequence at least at, at least she went for the eye and not her kneecaps oh don't do that to me mate but the but the way that it's that sequence where and you know what i mean right she's squirming around inside the toilet writhing in pain yeah. and you're like it's it's the realization that not only is she blind but she doesn't have anything in her eye sockets, like not a single thing. Oh, it's just empty. Oh, but it's and then she squishes that... it under her foot. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, isn't that for some reason? Isn't that really du- like I, 
we've never talked about this before, but right, there's there's certain things that happen in certain film and TV shows that just get you right in the oh, like that that just pitiful. So another one is the whole sequence in Game of Thrones. Spoiler for if you haven't seen Game of Thrones in series three, where Theon J- Greyjoy has his has his bits cut off. Oh yeah, God. And you, you watch it, and there's like that. And I think this whole sequence with her losing her eye is grim because you see on screen the reaction yeah and you never want to relate to that reaction you don't but isn't there also the sense in the scene when it happens that it's sort of played for laughs um a little i i can she is floundering around and she is furious like she's like i'm gonna kill you and but she she knows she's not gonna get but she is oh, just. I don't know. No, because I, but I, I actually don't like this scene because it makes me feel really uncomfortable. It makes me feel really uncomfortable that sequence because she is, she's, she's just so angry because she thinks that she can better the bride. She thinks she is more a worthy opponent than she actually has proven to be. Yeah. And she thinks she should beat her, but she's writhing around, going, "I will." Like she's so angry, and I can't watch it because I'm like, oh god! Like it's hor- I, I, it's it really horrible. Hor- no, it, is it really horrifies me. It actually is a really dark sequence. I don't find it funny yeah. at all. And, it, and like, it's Ugh. and it's bits. But like it is that, a little bit played. For it laughs. is played for. It is played for laughs. And for and the other reason I think it's played for laughs is because it's like this instant cathartic release because everything before that you get this really big building crescendo of of really tense music and it's super super loud it's yeah. super super loud and they're squaring off each other down this caravan and you're like well they're gonna have a duel they're gonna fight you know it's a it's a it's a, it's a sword fight it's great and then and then they clash swords and it's so tense it's like that kind of vader and luke kind of lightsaber clash absolutely moment. And you think it's so tense, it's so tense, it's so tense, and then suddenly it's over because she just plucks out her last eye, and then that's the oh. fight over. And y- you get this massive, massive build up, and then the release is so sudden that you don't expect it, and so you're kind of left going, <laughs> a bit, yeah. And then you stop and think about it, and you go, Ooh. oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, it's just like imagine, imagine being that hate filled wanting revenge that much and then that realization that you will never get your because she will never get her revenge she's blind well no she's dead that that the snake got her oh it did i forget i forget well no i See, mean not in the movie but let's be real the, the snake got her yeah of course oh i mean in oh. the movie there's a big question mark because when they do the credits roll the credit roll they they strike out uh the actress's name or the character's names on the credits as if as if they'd been killed and on her name there's a big question mark so as far as the movie's Uh, concerned it's not entirely clear as to whether or not she died or not but she did let's let's be real let's be real that's that's totally fair um before we get on to the final track that i think we should talk about in this movie i want to give you the opportunity to talk about probably your most i would say uh i would I, i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say probably one of your most favorite pieces of dialogue in these two movies that comes from bill oh yeah are you talking about the superman monologue oh yes oh yeah i love the superman monologue now i'll be honest 
I think I got swayed on Superman because of this movie. I think I liked Superman before this movie, but then Bill went on this monologue where he's comparing Beatrix, the bride, to Superman. Mm. And he's basically saying, Superman is a unique superhero because he is Superman and he didn't, you know, he wasn't bitten by a spider. He didn't fall into a vat of acid. He didn't have any of these things. He was born Superman and he is Superman. And Clark Kent is the disguise, which is something that no other superhero has. Every single other superhero is a guy or a girl. Something mm-hmm, happens mm-hmm. to them and they get bestowed these powers. They, they're they normal people with powers and that makes them more relatable. But yes. I find Superman so, so interesting because retroactively, retrospectively even, because of what Bill says about him. Where, where I kind of disagree with Bill, or maybe mm-hmm. not disagree, but I don't, I don't necessarily vibe with it that much. What is he goes on to say that Clark Kent is Superman's critique on the world, on on humans, mm. and how they're just weak and pathetic and cowardly sure, and sure. all that. Sure, and yep. I don't think that's the point of the point of Superman at all. I think Superman is still the Boy Scout. He's still full of like hope, and because you know, if he had that cynical view of humanity, then what's he doing flying around saving them all the time? Like, exactly. why does he care? Exactly. Why does he care? So, you know, mm. I don't particularly vibe with that point of view, but it's a, it's certainly an interesting one. And that's why I, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about the mythology of superheroes in general and why they're, they're so compelling and so interesting and that we're all still I, fascinated on them. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, so... It's an interesting piece as well because I, I I I like it because I like any I like any speech in a movie with where the undertone is it's like it feels it, it's fate. Do you know any any time where analogy is used or uh, a comparison is made and the outcome is what has happened and the the life that you and I have led has come through fate. Yeah, and 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 it was it was always going to be this way, and it's it, it's it's I think that the level of clever turns of phrase and the way that the two of them interact with each other, it's like they've always known it would come to this. Yeah, which which is which is a quintessential feature of any Western film. It's a quintessential feature of any revenge film. You know, it's it's always it's it's led up to this moment. Yeah, it's not like. The movie keeps going after this sequence and this scene, you know. Like obviously, there, there's a kind of summary, but it's it, it finishes, and I just think that it's just it's so so necessary. Yeah, no, the, it is. The, 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 the every single word counts in this this last yeah, sequence, and it takes its time. It takes its time, and I'm glad yeah. for it. And then we get, in my opinion the the diamond in the rough on the soundtrack of Kill Bill 1 and Kill Bill 2. And that is Malaguena Sale Rosa if not, I don't know the rest of the lyrics. I, I just, fucking epic. 
by Chigon. Again, I'm not familiar with the artist, but my God. Yeah, it's a how, banger. How great is that song? It's co- it is very, very cool. Very, very hype. I have a but about this okay. song. I've got a little bit of a grip with the song, and I think it's just me. Because I listened to it in the movie, and I'm like, yeah, 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 it's great, 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 great. But there's a little bit of a niggling doubt in my head that says, mm, this is a bit derivative of Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. Like, oh, I see what you mean. I see like, what you mean. It's kind, it is of, that kind, it's of... kind of the same thing. What did you call it? That Ricky Martin Ricky sound. Martin sound. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, the, the the Quentin Tarantino Ricky Martin films. Yeah. And and you know, even though it's very, very effective, I'm just like, oh, but you did that already. Do something mm. else. Yeah, it's I don't know, I think it's quite I think it's quite good. No, because ultimately the end sequence of Kill Bill Volume One, as we've already discussed and agreed, is probably one of the best end sequences of a film ever. Yes. But that is that is different. But you but it's used at a different time in the film, albeit maybe fifteen minutes before the end in Kill Bill Volume One, whereas in this it's used actually at the end. Yeah, yeah. But so I see the point you're making, but it's no, not No, but that's exactly the thing. I don't I, I'm not I, I'm not gonna go out on a crusade and try and like convince people of this point of view that it's derivative and it's not as exciting no, as you yeah, think that's it is. Fair I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. That's just like a, a, a me thing. You know when you, you, you just have like a critical thought and then you wish you didn't have it? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's what yeah. I feel about this song. That's fair yeah, that's, that's fair enough, yeah. Uh I think I, I I personally I personally like it, but I totally see where you're coming from with it. But it is just I like it because do you know what song this song also reminds me of? It reminds me of a little bit of Through the Fire and Flames. Oh, what a banger that is. Do you know what I mean though? But it's kind of just like it's that just it's so over the top. It's too much. So yeah. <laughs> over the top. Do you know almost you're like there's too much sound I mean, right nothing, now happening? Nothing is as over the top as Through the Fire and the Flames. Any 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 veteran of Guitar Hero Three, three, well, yeah, three, well, yeah. attest to that, and uh, you know, if you made it through more than more than the opening few bars on uh, insane difficulty, then oh god, you're yeah, got exactly, more skill than exactly. me. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, but you, but you loved to do that. You were desperate to get was, through yeah, that, yeah, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. You were pretty good at one point. No, I, I was no, I was better than most at Guitar Hero at Guitar Hero Three, but. When you go onto YouTube and see how good you can get on that, I'm nowhere, oh, really? nowhere. No, people get hundred percent on, on that. They've got modded controllers, mate. They've got modded. They're hackers. They're hackers. <laughs> they're hackers. Oh, you're a know. cynic. You're a cynic. I like <laughs> I to believe that there are these, that there are these people in the world that took the time to practice and think absolutely for- smash it. Right, just on that, do you think they're just frustrated guitar players? Do you think they could have been guitar players if they tried? Do you think some of them no. are guitar players? No. Well, then, the, the, like... the two skill, the, the two skills are not. It's hand-eye coordination. It's very fast hand-eye coordination, and that's not what guitar playing is. That's not. What Does that not just is. frustrate you so much? It's like when you see these ridiculous Guinness Book of Record attempts, and you're like, someone trained for years so they could stick seven eggs, hard-boiled eggs, in their mouth. Yeah. You know, it's like. Why would you do that? Do something fucking constructive with yeah, your life. I know, right? Like, like, why would you spend all that time learning those songs on Guitar Hero yeah. only just to 
film well, yourself and stick it Cal, on YouTube. I... You'll be laughing on the other side of your face when they bring back Guitar Hero, make it an eSport, and pay the competitors thousands of dollars <laughs> to do it. And then you'll be, ah, shit. See, yep, there you go. But if you're good I, at I something, you... never do it for free. We'll never do it for free, exactly. Well, if uh, that does come out, then I insist because you can upload songs, and I guess the first song I would put up there is Maluguena Sale Rosa. Really, that's the first one you'd do. Easy, easy. How fucking cool is that? The kind of the the dual guitar solo as it builds. Do 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 uh, but I think that brings us to the end. Now I think so. Don't know if you have any closing remarks on these two films. Uh, gold, silver, and bronze for these two. Thought <laughs> <laughs> I'd catch you off guard with that one. We didn't actually. We didn't. You know, we, we tried to keep the format of the last episode, but we didn't actually rate it, did we? Well, I mean, they're both kind of they're two both, thumbs up, really, two, aren't they're they? Both two I mean, up, they're just—they're such unique sound worlds, aren't they? Yeah. If you're going to ask me what my favorite watch is. It's Kill Bill oh. Volume 1. But I think Kill Bill Volume 2 is a better movie. Oh. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's because I'm right. I still... <laughs> mm, I... Shit. Do I think Volume 1 is a better... I think Volume 1 is just a better movie, though. Mm. I think it's a better movie because it's it's a more consistent homage to the films it's trying to replicate. Whereas volume two is a little more unique yeah. and do you know, takes do you know itself why, and its stride. Do you know why I, why I, you know, what the real reason, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, right, what's the real reason you like volume two more than volume one, but you, but you want to watch volume one more. Volume one, I want to watch more because of Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood and the, just the epic ending. That that That's all I want to watch that movie for. Yeah. But the reason why I think Volume 2 is a better movie is purely because of David Carradine. Oh, Carradine. he's so good. He is he? so good. And Bill's just not in the first movie. And it, if Bill was in the first movie for any sort of like extended dialogue or just some really good David Carradine acting, I would give it to that. But He's not. All of him is in volume two. And, and that's so deliberately an done, gem. isn't it? He's an absolute gem. Mm. And it's so deliberately done, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Not, not having, I mean, that, that building of tension of who is Bill? Who yeah. is Bill? Yeah, and then you meet him and he's not, he's a bad dude, no doubt, but he's not a monster. He's extremely charismatic, charming, yeah. funny, philosophical. Yeah. Yeah, Smart. calculated. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to hate him. Mm, mm, mm. Even though he's well, all the head. best, <laughs> all the best, exactly, all the best villains are, aren't they? Absolutely. Much like you. I mean, it's hard to hate you, mate, but you're a bad bloke. I am. I am. <laughs> you're a I bad. Am. We won't air my dirty laundry here, but it's there, listeners. Do you still scream in the face of babies when you see them in the street? You still do that, don't ah, you? That got old. <laughs> that got old. I don't get a thrill out of it anymore, so I don't do it. Do you still carry around bags of salt and throw salt at sort of policemen and traffic wardens? Yeah! In that sort of manner. Yeah! Away with you! Do you still do that? <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching a bit too much. It's always sunny recently. <laughs> right.
Uh, excellent. Well, that's that. Moving forward. Yeah. Oh no. What 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 happened between last week and this week? Exactly. What so mm. much? Um, I have something that I wanted to throw to you. I went to get a drink of water. Oh, you did. I you did. did. I yeah? did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was it was no. good. Got a water filter. Tastes better than dry. Oh, I out did the see tap. that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> exactly. Whereas I like it straight from the tap because I like to chew my water. Yes, absolutely. The lovely minerals that London water has. I think London water. Is... Do you remember the back in the day when London water? Moving forward, this week is talk of London water. Yes, do you remember when? Do you remember when we were growing up and for whatever reason we would come down to London and people would be like, "Oh, don't really drink the water in London. It's not great." Yeah. What's... Do you, did anyone yeah. ever tell you that? Of course they did, and it's still not great. What are you talking about? Is it not? I don't think it's fine. I think it's fine nowadays. They made it taste fine, but all you have to do is look at the bottom of a kettle to know that it's not. Oh, actually, yeah, the kettle. My kettle has been eaten away. In fact, yeah, we looked at the the bottom of our it's kettle a couple rank. of weeks to throw out and it's get a new one rank. because yeah, it is pretty shitty, isn't it? Yeah. How do you mean it tastes fine? What have they put in it to make it know. taste fine? Have they actually put things into taste? Fine? I don't know. Probably. Do you remember in, this is the shittest moving forward, I do have something that I do want to bring. Do you remember in biology, uh, when we were in the high school together, I don't know if you watched this video with me, there was a video on the type of exotic bottled rainwaters from around the world. I'll always remember watching this weird documentary, and it was like the documentary from the 90s we were watching for some fucking reason. And I remember the takeaway from it was there's a hotel in Fiji that bottles Fijian rainwater that can be served in the ho- this four-star, five-star hotel, and it's 40, the equivalent of 40 pounds a bottle. That's ridiculous. For this specific that's the, rainwater. That's the, that's the kind of chemistry lesson that I've forgotten before I've left the classroom. And the reason why was because the pH levels in the water were perfect. And, and I don't know what that means, in terms of what that actually represents, in terms of how can it? We... Rainfall is not exactly the same anywhere else, anywhere in the world. It can't be. Well, well, apparently it is because it has the right infusion of plants, sea life, or why the what? I don't fucking know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. All and, I'm telling you, I'm, frankly, I'm the messenger I. here. <laughs> I'm the messenger here. All right. I believe whatever. If you went to me as forty, the that's the. In fact, that's the beautiful point of that point. Is this uh, story? Is if someone went to me, this is. Where worth 40 pounds taste it and i tasted it and for whatever reason i was like yeah that's really it's like wine tasting if someone goes this is a really good chateau neuf de pop from uh you know it's been bottled in age from 20 years and you'll really notice the apricots in this nose and i'll just go yeah yeah i see what you mean Cal, I, see, I don't fucking no, no, know no, what wait, I'm wait, talking wait, about. Wait. i've got to stop you right here because as much as you you slash we are slagging off wine wet like blindless wine snobbery here what yeah. do both you and me do anytime somebody presents us with uh, a screw top bottle of wine and asks if we want to taste it? Do we smell the cork? No, I'm just like, I, no, I, I just tell them, I, I just tell them straight up. We've had conversations oh, yeah. about this. You just go, don't be an idiot. You don't have to taste that. It's a screw top. <laughs> Oh, 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 a screw top. Sorry, I thought you were talking about a cork. Yeah, no, no, no. of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, because obviously the, the point of tasting the point of tasting wine is it has it reacted badly with the cork. And the idea that someone will taste a bottle of screw top, literally what they're saying is, 
I want to see if I like this before I pay for the. No, bottle. no, but it's, it's like it's engaging in the ritual. It's the engaging in the ritual of saying I'm ridiculous. I'm sophisticated because I'm t- I'm tasting this wine, or we are a sophisticated establishment because we are asking you if you want to taste the wine. When actually, yeah. it doesn't matter. Drink, did I not drink do this? The did I not? Did I not do this once when we were eating out somewhere and you like ripped me to pieces about this? Did we not? We went somewhere. I think so. And for some, it was you, me, and I think our mate Doug. Was it when we went to Alton Towers that one time? Do you remember that? This is the worst what? thing. It was. It was because that was actually <laughs> that was actually before you entered the hospitality industry and learned how ridiculous it was for yourself. And it then was. You, and I then remember you did doing it. that. And then I I did rip you mercilessly for it. I, I really did. <laughs> Uh, moving forward, I've got something to bring. So I read a really fun article this week on, uh, and there's a couple of different places that have covered this, but Digital Spy uh, ran an article, Chicken Run 2 confirmed for Netflix as My Rocky goodness. and Ginger and the company face a terrible threat. Is it going to be Mel Gibson? Years, well, two years after a Chicken Run sequel was first promised, Ardman Animations and Netflix have confirmed that Chicken Run 2 is officially happening mm. and that production will begin next year. Nice. Uh, I don't know if I'm just reaching through this article to see if he's coming back. That's a really great point you raise. Is Mel Gibson coming back? It doesn't say anything here. Um, in fact, there was a previous article about this, which I can try and find. God, I've, I've, I've now got loads of Chicken Run 2 uh, articles on my, uh, on my laptop. Are you still there? I am, yeah. Yeah, cool. Your picture's just gone again. Yeah, it's because I brought up a web browser. <laughs> is it to read about? Is it to find out if Mel Gibson's in Chicken Run Two? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't think he. Oh God, he might be. Goodness, this is weird. It's so weird. But the point I wanted to raise is: isn't Chicken Run Two one of the best films ever? Do you mean isn't Chicken Run one of the best films? Oh, oh sorry, isn't Chicken Run one of the best films? Isn't it just such a? Do you know who you sounded like film? right there? You sounded like that character in Come Fly with Me. It was like, it's like Avatar Two. It's like I've not seen it yet, but you just know it's going to be banging, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but is it not one of the best films? It's so funny. Joe, I've not I mean, seen it in years, and I've every time I think about it, I always want to immediately watch it. It's on Netflix. I and don't. It's, it's a, it's I don't want film. to be a pie. I don't like gravy. I don't like gravy. But it's <laughs> it's line. so it's so funny, and and the reason as well I love it is because obviously it's directly uh, ripping off my all time favorite movie, The Great Escape. Yeah, yeah. Which is. I, I love so much because, and actually, God, we'll get probably get to the soundtrack of that. In fact, if when I it's a good when one. I, it is a good one. When, it is a really good when I when I do the Great Escape, we probably have to give an honourable mention to Chicken Run. Yeah, because it's a fun bloody movie, that's a, isn't John, it? That's another that's an early John Powell score. That is it really? Yeah, that is really interesting. I did not know that, yeah. and of, of so and and yet, yeah, it's funny because I can still hear that score in my head for some fucking reason. That's because it's a banger. It. And also because... It is a banger. I, I don't know. I mean, I we watched it in our house on repeat, pretty much. Yeah. That was just one that you just watched all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, Other thing that I want to bring... Have you got anything else to bring to moving forward? Well, you... You know, the fact that you brought out Chicken Run 2, you, remind, you reminded me that there was a... Uh, a cast announcement of the latest live-action Disney movie 
of Her- oh. Hercules that happened oh. at the beginning of June. And Hercules is one of my favorite ones. However, it's not going to make a great her- moving forward segment because as as you asked where I'd gone and I said I was opening a web browser, I was Googling it and apparently it's a fake. So that's the end of that. <laughs> what was the fake? What was it? Oh, fake, fake cast list. It was a fake cast list of everyone that was going to be in the live action cast. Now, have you seen the animated Hercules? Yeah, a long time ago. I remember it. So yeah. can, can you remember like all these characters? Well, I, I can, but let me guess. But it's a, it's a brilliant cast. It's a brilliant cast. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I know. So some, no, but the animated one's a brilliant cast, but the recasting for, for the live action, even though this is fake... I want this to happen. I want this to happen. Can I, Hades, can I ask one question? Oh, go on. Can go I ask on, just go on. before you go on? Is Danny DeVito going to play the same character? Absolutely. 100%. Yes, that, that, that's yes. what I thought would Absolutely. Happen. You've got Stanley Tucci as Hermes with, okay. you know, not a huge role, but just a nice little injection of Stanley Tucci. Never hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah. Right? Hades, big bad guy. Je- yes, Jeff yes. Goldblum. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus, you can't do wrong. Zeus, um, dad, dad of Hercules, Ian McShane. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, wife of Zeus, Hera, Helen Mirren. Mm, very good. Yeah. Yes, pain and pain and panic. You know the demonic sidekicks of Hades. Yeah, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Easy, too easy. You can't go right? wrong, can you? Right. I mean, I won't you go. I, I, I won't go. I won't go much uh, more into that. Uh, Imelda Staunton's in there, which I always appreciate, but I don't yeah. actually know who who she's supposed to be playing. I can't really remember the character names. But I'm like, I'm all for that. Make that happen, because that'd be great. Okay, Cass. Just before we finish, there's one more bit I want to talk about moving forward, but we need to watch it first. Did, have you seen the new Umbrella Academy season two trailer? I have seen it. Yeah. Okay, I've not seen it yet. Do you mind if I just watch it? So I have just seen the trailer for the Umbrella Academy 2 that dropped yesterday our time. That is awesome. Yeah. What a fucking I, cool trailer I that was. I loved the first series. I can't wait. I can't wait to start the next one. This and The Boys. The Boys, yeah. Well, they're they're they're, they're quite similar but quite different. There's obviously a little bit subtle. I think Well, they're comic bookie. <laughs> yeah, they're both comic booky, but I think this one's a little bit more like the boys was just outright ridiculous and really dirty. Yeah. Whereas this one, there was still fun elements to this. Oh yeah, for sure. My big question is, is Ben alive in this? Yeah, that was my because that was my big question. I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with yes because he is alive because they've gone back in time before he died. Yeah, but they've gone back in time to a time where none of them existed. Yeah, but they'll find a way. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it. Klaus will sort it. Klaus has found a way to project Ben onto them all. Maybe right. that's it. Okay. There. Right. Maybe that. Maybe that's pretty cool. I f- the the kid that plays five is He's great, so isn't good. He? I don't know what his. I Does he not remind you of Zach from School of Rock? Yes, he does. <laughs> he looks a lot like him, and it's the school uniform as well. Yeah. It's so bloody good. I, I think it's such a great show. What a really great show. Sorry, I'm still a bit of shock. I've only just first seen that. Enjoy it. I, I, 
I also like Robert Sheenan, who plays Klaus oh, as well. Oh, he's brilliant. Did you now, watch Misfits I, back in the day? I not only watched Misfits back in the day, I recently watched Misfits, and I'm talking the last month within lockdown. Oh, I nice. It. Good innings. Oh, it's great, is, isn't it? Oh, my God. I thoroughly enjoyed re-watching that show. Yeah. But that's a huge recommendation on 4OD. Go and watch it, Robert Sheen. But obviously, he is now reprising a different, completely different superhero role. But there's, I, I think, elements of similarity. Yeah. Do you think he was chosen to Robert Sheen? Was yeah, chosen? I, 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 I reckon he was typecast from Misfits. Which, I mean, more power to him. Like, yeah, fine. He's keeping that role alive or that kind of that that superhero we kind of don't give yeah. a fuck i mean obviously obviously actors don't ever want to be pigeonholed but you know no. from from us the consumer's perspective it's uh it's exactly what we want <laughs> but no but, but again though right okay fine but i guess it's from a career perspective like i would hate to think that my career's over but at the end of the day at least as an engineer if i stopped working at the age that he potentially would stop working let's assume he stopped after this because he's sick of being typecast in that role yeah how much money do you reckon he's got from two seasons of a Netflix show? Plenty. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, do you think that that would be in the hundreds of thousands? Easy. Absolutely. That he's Absolutely. Earned? Like, do you think millions? Nah, no way. Nah, no way. I don't think it. Nah, he's not got. He's not got that kind no of. No way. No. But still, like, you could comfortably live off that typecasted role. But again, then, is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to be? I mean, this is a fresh new take, and it's got a really cool new audience. Yeah. There isn't there there isn't an actor in the world I'm convinced that does it for the money because you can't because the the odds of making it to that level are infinitesimally small. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a great point. Uh, maybe, well, maybe, maybe Willow Smith. Uh, maybe Willow. Oh, because so, some dynasties you're just born into it, like you just are. Yeah, you, like you just are. But for the vast, vast, vast majority, like and you know we're talking about right up at the A list levels. You know mm. your Mark Wahlbergs and your Brad Pitts and things like that. Do you think? Do you think they? It's funny that you went Mark Wahlberg when you first thought of A list. I would have been like Tom he's Cruise A-list. and Meryl Street. Mark Wahlberg. No, you're not A-list. wrong. But it's, you're not wrong. He's got, he's got a burger joint. When you... He does have a burger. Therefore, exactly. It's on yeah. Covent Garden. Do you know how much it... that costs? <laughs> well, at the moment, a bloody fortune to try and keep that place open. Let me tell you, because yeah. there's not enough footfalls for it's it, and still I would know. There. It is still there. I'm sure it is. Have you been? No, no, it's way too overpriced. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Is it like Shake Shack? Yeah, but Shake Shake Shack is not as expensive as Wahlburgers. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I fucking love a Shake Shack. No, me those, too. those milkshakes are me so too. good. Right. Should what we wrap this, this up? Been? I know. I'm gonna say up? that has been the weirdest moving forward we've ever done. <laughs> it's been a long day. Hasn't it, it has. Mate? It has. It, and it's still Excellent. going for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> what do they want to do now? Because they're done with it. Yeah. They're done with our shit. So yeah, what next? Absolutely. If you're done with our shit, like we know you are, then go on to uh, the Apple Podcast app and give us a done with your shit five star rating. And then write in the comments section, done with your shit. And while you're at it, tell us your favorite movie slash movie soundtrack. And by the way, we're on Spotify, but who gives a shit? What's the email? And you can... You could give us a rate. I mean, you can do it in the app. Not on Spotify, you can't. That's why I don't care. But in it, but in Apple, in Apple Podcast. I mean, I mean, it's there. It is there. He's not wrong. I mean, you could do it in the app. You could. <laughs> What's the email? <laughs> Motionspod at gmail.com. Write in. We'll read it. 
Near right danger. In, read it. That's not in the app. Oh, fuck me. This one's going to be an absolute hoot to edit. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm not going to see you for a while, mate. Have a great time in Poland. Thank you. I will. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah, and I definitely <laughs> won't do anything you would did, do either. Did you, did you ever hate that when, like, your parents or friend, your parents' friends would be like, don't do anything we wouldn't do. It's like, ugh, piss off, Janice. <laughs> I right. It was Just weird. end this. Kill this. <laughs> Kill it. <laughs> Thank you for listening, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Bye now. All right, guys. Ta-ta.